0: We
1: are good. We were just doing the intro. We didn't even know it. It's over.
0: It's done. It's over. That's it. Sayonara, right, baby. See you next, uh, Patrick Bateman. Peter Michaels. We've forgotten about our names over the last little while. Like people forget. Yeah. Is it's, that guy Peter? Is he Patrick? Which one is? It's who's? funny
1: too because you say your name a lot Unfortunately, every day. I like do. every day, you part of your job is saying your name a uh, hundred million times. Oh well, look who we have. I we still have we, up. we have our guests in the waiting room already. So listen, here's the deal: it's summer vacation mode. So we are just like ripping, we're rifling. Through interviews with some top-notch musicians and uh this week's been very busy with, for us because we're gonna be off and on in and out of town for the next it's month summer so, baby right? there's summer things to do it is so we've got ella coys aka sister ray hanging out here on this week's episode of the road the stage and uh, huge thanks
0: to our friends at sawback brewing company yeah. go services inc communal creative studios bo's Barn stage Boom. let's talk to sister ella, ray sister ray Hi Ella, how are you?
2: I'm good, how are you?
0: Excellent, thanks We've got takeoff We were just saying, like, I I mean, we've been doing these through Zoom so often I'm sure you've been doing a uh, a ton of stuff through it too Like, Do you have that, like, is this going to work? Is technology going to be my friend today?
2: Pretty much every time, but we got the recording right off the bat So I think we're, we're also, what a setup Yeah This looks so good, guys
1: Thank you, we'd love to have you into this uh, communal Creative Studios here in Red Deer someday soon
2: yeah i hope i'm i miss alberta so much do I you I, I was just gonna say uh, do, yes <laughs> yeah,
1: do you yes i do
2: <laughs> i really do i miss i've been gone for two years now though i haven't been back yet so i oh, i do wow. miss it yeah
1: are there any plans yeah. to play some shows here
2: i'm doing purple city okay. at the end of august so i'm going to be in edmonton yep. but nothing else in alberta unfortunately but fingers crossed in the fall I'm really trying to do, like, some Alberta, BC dates in the fall. It's on my list of things I really want to do before it gets real gnarly out there. Family
0: all still back in the Edmonton area, or have you got still some pretty good connections?
2: Well, all my family is still in Alberta, yeah.
1: So will you turn that show at the end of August into, like, a proper trip home, or is it just going to be too crazy?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be there for, like, five days. I'm going to – my friend of mine is getting married, so I'm going to go – his wedding and i'm gonna have like a little family get together and then go fishing it's gonna now, be like a nice little nice. five
0: day with thing. the wedding as so i work in radio so just because i work in radio and patrick did as well whenever i've got friend family member friend of a friend getting married it's always oh hey can you MC? so do you get that <laughs> okay. because you no. are a musician Did no <laughs> no no don't come and play okay i
2: guess no and i would i would play but- i've played for family's wedding before like one song or something but no i i just like to hang out i'm just there to hang yeah. you know yeah
1: what did you play at that wedding i'm curious yeah. do you mind revealing that for us
2: i played at like my aunt and uncle's wedding when i was a kid oh, okay and i can't even remember what i would have played i just like played guitar in their yard and sang a nice song that they probably like a country song or something that they would have picked
1: right the world picked, of country yeah. you're you're quite familiar with
2: very very familiar
1: yeah (laughs) is it still something that you you like is that that's still a place you reside in musically
2: i mean i listen to a lot of country music yeah for sure yeah yeah a lot of it
0: i think it comes through in the vocals for sure because when i first and 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 patrick uh turned me on to your song first and foremost and sent it to me and i listened to it and i was blown away right away that was crucified Mm -hmm. um and just like it's not necessarily twang in your voice but as i was listening i'm like i i can definitely hear some country in there for sure
2: yeah, makes sense. It was like, I I grew up on 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s country radio it was so much of what was on in the car. So it was like all of what I listened okay, to.
0: Okay, well, let's, I'm going to get into specifics because I worked country radio the first uh, like, six <laughs> years of my career, which was about 95 through 2000. Okay, okay. So let's right. get in some specific, let's get in some names. Who are we talking <laughs> about? Martina McBride? None.
2: Oh, yeah. My mom would have loved, like, Martina McBride, Reba McIntyre. We used to watch the Reba show also on CMT. We would watch that. My parents really liked, like, Paul Brandt, Kenny Chesney. We listened to a lot of Alan Jackson. Who else would we have listened to? I, like, listen to Williams a lot. I still listen to her a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, a lot of older country like a lot of bluegrass music i guess so not quite country but a lot of like we'd listen to the carter family a lot and we had a lot of the bluegrass compilations that we would listen to uh, yeah my parents really loved also like the trio we listened to a lot of dolly a lot of emmy lou a lot of gillian welch um a lot of johnny cash
1: The gamut. Yeah. yeah. Would you have been at that Garth Brooks show that Peter Michaels was at the other day? (laughs) No. (laughs) One of the few that was not there in Edmonton the other day, apparently. Yeah, no. No. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) That's all right. Um, uh, Speaking of, you know, going back into, uh, you know, the music of of days past, um, I was introduced to Jackie Shane, thanks to your music. And have spent uh, some time. Are you familiar with Jackie Shane? So as someone who's, you know, just became familiar with Jackie Shane the other day, do you mind giving a brief breakdown of the legend, the legacy of Jackie Shane?
2: So Jackie Shane was a soul singer from, I think she was from Detroit, but I don't actually, I can't remember right now. I would have to look and see where she was born. Right. But she moved to Toronto and became uh, like a huge member of the music community here. And she was also a trans woman and was a huge member of the LGBTQ community in Toronto. Um, And she moved back to America before she passed away. Um, Disappeared. Yeah, well, she disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She just like kind of left out of nowhere and no one knew where she was, but she is like a straight up legend and was just an incredible singer. She sang backups also for a bunch of incredible, and I can't remember either who she would have sang with, but she was, was a backing Motley, vocalist.
1: Frank Motley and the yeah, Motley Group. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But So she was like a backing vocalist and then made a record and played a bunch in Toronto, but like a weird little Canadian in route to like incredible queer soul music. Hmm
1: yeah and and based on the light reading i did and i it may have it may have been tennessee i I forget where exactly Mm. uh she came from but uh ended up i believe just touring into canada with this group or maybe moved to the toronto area i think i saw cornwall mentioned as well in ontario but basically got to canada and realized hey this feels like a much better place yeah and then just stuck it out for a long time and 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 then just
0: disappeared and people thought that she had died and how long ago is this like what when are we talking well she,
1: she died in 2019 i think in the 60s is when yeah. she is would funny. have moved up here but uh yeah unbelievable music um amazing like, crazy voice and you know you, you mentioned jackie shane briefly and on communion but um it's, it's kind of one of those things where like oh yeah we need to know more about this person because uh, whether it's from the music or the social aspect, like incredibly progressive, and uh, it I just yeah, I mean, it seemed like uh, Jackie Shane should be a much more household, a bigger household name.
2: Hmm. I agree. She's yeah. amazing. I listen to her a lot.
1: Yeah, very yeah. very She's cool. Awesome. So so history lessons today.
0: You discovered that through Ella. How did you discover?
2: I discovered Jackie Shane because I was dating somebody who worked in um he collected 45s mm. and I learned about so much music through him but Jackie Shane was one of the people that I learned about and we spent a lot of time listening to her records and we listened to Any Other Way a lot that was like the big single that she's a tune called Any Other Way that we both just got so into and it was just a real like musical memory for me from that time in
1: my life a time of your life that seems and that seems to be your uh your creative inspiration is just like completely laying out times of your life right Yeah. Uh, After album (laughs) um (laughs) communion your album is out now and it's fantastic and congrats by the way you made the polaris long list which was uh very exciting for for us to see are you is that kind of thing does that matter to you
2: i think polaris is the one thing that kind of does Uh, I went to it so much when I was younger the long list would come out and I would go look at it to figure out what I missed throughout the year and what was great and it always was so great and I just it's an amazing list I'm I'm so proud to see so many other Indigenous people on the list also this Mm -hmm. year like it's a real so I just I feel really proud to be with my peers like that and it's I mean it's super cool for me I always looked at Polaris and it's it's really exciting
1: I was lucky to be part of the the jury list this year and like you I've always looked at that list as a way to increase the scope of what the hell is going on in this country because there seems like that it's rare to find something like that that's so comprehensive and, and just like takes a really hard not that specific look at the music in this country from a specific time and, time and train, it's also right?
0: not nailed down into one genre right no, like if you're looking no. at certain magazine lists or certain other that's kind of curated to a certain style genre whatever Char- it doesn't matter nothing this is all wide it's open
1: 20 at least 20 minutes long it was released between this date and this date and it's canadian that's about it that's incredible like that just yeah. the the options are are almost almost endless at that point and there were like so many albums to sift through over the last few months to try to make an informed opinion but you're right like the representation in that long list is, is pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I was really stoked to be there that day and see the list. It was really fun.
1: Yeah, friend, cool. f- former guest of the show, Dan Monkman, his On uh, Big As A uh, project was yeah. landed on the long list too, which is very
0: cool. So, yeah. And it's funny, I was, I forget which article I had read that you had done an interview for as well. And it just it reminded me of how great the, even the Alberta music scene is. But I, there was, I think it was a festival in Edmonton that you'd played, and it was Scenic Route to Alaska and Royal Tusk and Cadence Weapon. Yeah. And you just get oh thinking God. of it and you're <laughs> like, wow, like,
2: holy shit, yeah. that's a lineup.
0: Pretty
1: diverse sound for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, I forgot about that show. That what a show!
1: <laughs> were you just uh, were you on the bill as Ella for that show, or
2: no? I would have been Sister Ray for oh, that okay. show. Yeah.
1: And Sister yeah. Ray is a Velvet Underground reference.
2: Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty loose. I feel like uh, I wish that it was more of a story than it actually is, uh, but it's it's not really. I just loved the Velvet Underground so much and I love that song and I had a project a while ago I thought I would call it that and I didn't and then I wanted to not be playing under my own name anymore and it just seemed kind of like the natural it was just the thing that I liked the most and I I've always kind of had been interested in religious themes and I thought it was funny to call myself that like a nun or something you know but it's that, that's it i get a lot of flack from like old white dudes for that they're like you do not make the right kind of music and i'm like <laughs> okay guys that's okay it's it's i understand it's really close to your heart i'm sorry that's not I apologize. how you know
0: you made a, <laughs> a good decision but it's got double meaning too so i like what more do you want
2: yeah that's, yeah i thought it was funny and yeah. i just love them so yeah
1: i gotta i gotta spend some more time with that song but like do you off do you listen to that specific velvet underground song a lot all like 17 minutes of it or however long it is?
2: I used to when I was younger. Yeah. My, uh, like, yeah, I used to when I was younger, but I'm not quite in that uh, place anymore of just like lying on my floor for 20 minutes and just being like, holy shit, I don't really do that as <laughs> much anymore. But when I was younger, I definitely did do that quite often.
1: Well, that's what I'll be doing uh, in just a few hours from now <laughs> with that song. Uh, yeah,
2: it's a long yeah. one, big yeah. undertaking, but worth it.
1: Uh, Well, again, congrats on communion. I mean, it seems like the attention to it has been, again, we mentioned Polaris, Uh, I thought that the Pitchfork review was really thoughtful and, and um, pretty deep in, in discussing, not just the sound, but also, you know, the lyrical uh, content, obviously. Um, And then you were just in the States, right? You did like an audio tree session, you did a few shows.
2: Yeah, I was on tour with Jerry Paper. It was super short. We only did, I think, five or six dates in total, but it was super fun. They were so great. The shows were fun. Audio Tree was such a, honestly, such a dream come true. I've been watching those for so long, and it was so fun to be in the studio and do the whole thing. It was I love Chicago so much, so it was nice to be able to kind of have the day in Chicago forced us to get there early. Um, yeah, they were awesome. Awesome dates.
0: Well, let's detour a little bit. And cause I know you love talking about food. What, yeah. Where did you eat in Chicago? Cause I know that is uh, one place I've never been, but yeah, I food city of I, sorts. big food city.
2: So unfortunately I didn't have that much time to go out. I ate a lot of pizza there. I ate pizza twice. Nice. I went to in one day it was a real tour moment for me. Um, we went to Demos, which was great, awesome. By the Slice Spot, um, went. Do you guys know Blessed from Abbotsford? Uh,
1: no, I'm no, don't no. We don't know them for sure.
2: H- highly recommend you listen to that band. They're one okay. of my favorite bands in Canada. Truly, they're amazing. Um, but we met up with them at some Demos. Um, Is that like Deep
1: Dish? Dino's, is is that that like? No, it's not Deep Dish. It's really
2: just good by the slice, kind of a lot happening, but very good, very good vibes in there. It was guided by Blessed. I guess they go every time they're there because they have a bunch of vegan options and they're all vegan. Very nice. and then I ate pizza again at whatever place was attached to the venue. And it was good. But the real win that we had was we were staying. I didn't know that there was such a big Puerto Rican community in Chicago.
1: I didn't know that. And,
2: but we were, yeah, but we were staying in uh, like a Puerto Rican area of Chicago and just went and had like amazing coffee and amazing sandwiches in the morning and I wish I could remember what the spot was called but we just kind of crawled to wherever it was close and it was I mean and I had a guava and cheese muffin that Whoa. changed my life in the car later <laughs> wow <Whoa. There's laughs> from that same place wow <laughs> yeah so so big great day in Chicago not a lot of time but everywhere we went was incredible you made it count yeah. We made it count. And you were yeah, with we made it count.
1: you were because uh, I, I I saw a number of posts because I follow Jules Jules on on Instagram.
2: Yes. Um, so so
1: Jules was was tour managing.
2: Yes. And yeah, she guess, is amazing.
1: And it looked like you you met a lot of dogs.
2: We did. We met a lot of. <laughs> I mean, yes, we met a lot of dogs. We had Chicago was also a huge animal day for us. They have at Audio Tree. Um, they have a dog named Misha. She's a Cheweenie and she was the most peaceful wow. little creature I've ever met. Um, and the place that we stayed that night, they had a turtle named Lump and oh it my was God. a great day of but I didn't get a great photo of lump. I had consumed some beverages at that point yeah. and I was a little overwhelmed um, by lump. but yeah, great big animal day also in chicago
1: yeah it definitely (laughs) definitely looked that way it looked like a great trip um do you know what the turnaround is on that audio tree session because i know that they they broadcast it live but you can't you know it's been a few days you can't go back and watch it right now i'm assuming it'll be a couple weeks before that's out.
2: yeah i think that they take a couple weeks and they kind of edited it they'll edit it do the they'll mix it a little bit better as well and cut the interview in right because um, i know from watching them they used to do you would play songs and then they would interview you in between songs mm-hmm. um but they do it separately all right now so they'll cut them together and then make it one nice little situation
1: were you happy about that process of just being able to get the the actual music out of the way and then focus on the interview separately
2: yeah, I was kind of relieved to just be able. I was nervous about it. I really have been watching those. I don't get nervous that often anymore, but I just have loved them for so long. Yeah. And uh, so I was there, and I was nervous, and I was glad. You just get to play all the way through, and then have a little chat, and it was a nice, it was a nice little process. Yeah.
1: So for something like that, uh, I'm assuming you did a handful of songs for them. Um, are you improvising at all, or do you go in just like this is this is what I'm going to do? It's going to go this way. It's going to be good.
2: For Audio Tree, I had to submit the songs I was going to play first to make sure all the titles and stuff were right, and I was playing them in the right order. So for that, I, I did that. Yeah. Um, I don't really improvise that much anymore.
0: Okay.
2: It's hard. I <laughs> used to do it all of the time, and I really haven't found that place again. But it's something that I'm very much seeking out. Um, i had a friend tell me the other day like it seems like you kind of went backwards in doing the improvised stuff first and then moving over to songwriting after uh which i agree the improvised stuff is a lot more lofty um than just writing the songs and and playing them at the shows but it's i really look to that time a lot as something that i would like to find again because it was really really magical it was a really special time for me and it really informed the feeling of doing it there would be times where I'd play and I would just have a feeling of this is so good and I know that this is working and it feels so right and it's so intense because you're in front of people and you can't stop you can't stop to go oh I really like this I'm going to stop and record it on my phone and write it down and take the time Instead, the feeling was, oh, my God, I'm kind of in this avalanche, and I just have to let it go, and I have to allow myself to be in it and decide that I'm going to be safe and decide that I'm going to keep going. And um, it informs my writing a lot, but it's not the same because it's I'm in my personal space, and it, I'm able to use yeah, my phone and my laptop and stuff to record it all. Um, but the feeling, that feeling absolutely has inform what I do now. And I really, I wanna get there again, cause it's the best. <laughs> so good.
0: with that process, like everything improvised, did you did like, do you already have kind of the music or the melody kind of stuck away somewhere and then it's just lyrics are improvised on the spot or is it all just from scratch?
2: Uh, a combination of that. So I would kind of, I would noodle away by myself sometimes and have a chord progression that I liked, or I would have a phrase in mind that I really liked that I wanted to use. And so I would kind of go in with that, but usually by the time I was progressing throughout the set, by the end, maybe closer to the middle, I would get into just doing fully improvised stuff. A lot of the time also, I would end up doing fully improvised stuff. And when I had that feeling of, oh, this is so good, that was the stuff I would remember. And I was playing so many shows at the time that I would take that and try to kind of play it again, play it again the next night. And that, that was how I wrote Crucified, or at least the first kind of two-thirds of Crucified, that's how that song was written, was in a live setting just through repetition and kind of remembering and piecing it together every night, sort of. <laughs> but it came to be that what it is now through that.
0: And as you're doing those performances, it's just you and the guitar? You don't, There's no other bandmates that you have to yeah. worry about or it's just straight up? You and it's just
2: team. me. Yeah, I don't think I could have done it with a with a band. Yeah. Not, I don't know how to improvise like that. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: It still seems like you'd need a pretty um, good like grasp of not just like uh, confidence, but organization, mm. especially if you're thinking about what you may have done a show or two earlier and how you can bring that into an improvisational moment. It well, and to, like, hell.
0: I, it, I like, I cannot believe you do that. <laughs> it's, and it's one thing to just get up in, in a basement and do it, but like you would have people in front of you and this is all just coming to life. And then because you're also there entertaining people. So the focus still has to be on, you know, you kind of have that to go as well. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole sister, Ray concept. That was kind of why I started Sister Ray was to be doing those improvised shows. Um, But it was definitely out of necessity. I couldn't write for a couple of years. I was just kind of in a really weird space inside of myself and in my life. And it just wasn't happening, but I felt the need to do it. And I love to write songs so much and I, but I love the shows. The shows is really the part that I'm. That's really what I love to do. And. I wasn't writing and so I couldn't figure out what I was going to do so I was like I guess I'll just play music (laughs) and then just play it and see what what happens, but it, it was a really great experience have. I'm really glad that I did that for a couple years. It was great. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: wild. Good luck finding that uh again. Because <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> you can't force
2: it I feel like I have to go back down into the deepest depths. I don't know if I'll get back there. But and did we'll you have,
0: like was there a guiding light that you, like does there anybody else that you know of that that does that? No. You Yeah, like
2: No.
0: Yeah, I mean I
1: don't know and I've seen obviously seen the name compared quite a bit and uh you worked with uh is it is it Jinla Ginla? How oh you... Ginla, yeah. Ginla. Um but like I imagine Big Thief's writing process is, involves quite a bit of improvisation. That may not be in front of a crowd at all, but mm-hmm. uh, just with the the dynamics of some of those songs, there's got to be they're, they're they're noodling a lot.
2: Yeah, well, and I mean, I have I I really think Adrian's my favorite modern songwriter for sure. I I just really think that she is incredible. She's oh, okay. incredibly prolific, and her work is so stunning and i i really look to her a lot and her songwriting as a benchmark a lot of the time of like what's good and what feels free yeah yeah
1: yeah no that makes sense i have a buddy that just saw them in new york a couple months ago and i don't remember where it was but he just he just said yeah just they started playing and i just cried for like the first four four (laughs) or five songs and i don't even think it really mattered what those songs were i just think that that's just the type of performance and and sound that they get out there is enough to make you just break down almost entirely not not in a bad way but yeah yeah.
2: no in a good way i i saw them for the first i've been trying to see them for years now yeah i have bought so many tickets to see big thief and adrian lanker and i've sold every single one of them i've had tickets in vancouver in toronto like just wherever and could never end up making it and then i went and i saw them at massey Oh, wow. uh a couple months ago and it was it was great. I was so I was so happy to be there. They're amazing.
1: We had a guest on the show who I will not name about 6 or 7 months ago who was talking about being invited to uh do you remember this mm-hmm. living room living room mm-hmm. show somewhere in the states and I believe him and his partner decided last minute ah I'd rather stay home and have a glass of wine or two and it was fucking big thief yeah,
2: just ah!
1: <laughs> dip set on in a, a living room.
2: No! They're playing at my fr- in my friend's living room
1: before they go on tour. It yeah. was a little, little warm up.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Okay. Well,
1: that's hard to I'm hear, glad right?
2: I don't know who it is. I have to like personally contact them. <laughs>
1: uh, but so, how did you get hooked up? So all the uh, all the instrumentation, aside from what you're you're putting on tape for communion, is Ginla, right? Uh, is that correct?
2: We had Ben Whiteley play bass okay. on uh, Jackie in the Kitchen, um, who he plays bass for um, the Weather Station and for Julia Jacqueline and for Bashia Um yep. But he's like a guy in Toronto. So he played on one track, played upright for us. And then the rest is Skinla. Yeah.
1: And how did you get linked up with them? Was that you just like, this is who I want to work with and let's figure it out?
2: I met them through my manager. Uh, My manager had a house with a garage in the back that he had converted to a studio. And him and his wife, or his fiance at the time, I don't even know if they were engaged at the time, actually, were living on the main floor. And Joe was renting upstairs. Uh, And they didn't really know each other. But Joe was just making music all day. And Crispin heard him. And they ended up linking up and about i started working with my manager about five years ago now and he was like you guys really need to meet um we met we recorded we have a demo that's pretty gnarly from that time wasn't we didn't quite get it in that moment and then i just wasn't ready to make a record and four years later i kind of had kept in touch with them vaguely but we hadn't really worked together and my manager was just really determined that it was the right fit. And he is my weird soul matcher person who has linked me up with all these people. And he has some weird hook on the universe that I don't understand, but he just knows something. Um, and I got a Canada council grant. I was supposed to move to Toronto in March and start making the record right away. The pandemic happened. Mm. Um, and then I ended up moving in September, and in October, we started. And it was just Joe and I in the studio, and we would FaceTime John. And John did all of his sessions in New York and recorded in his studio there, and we just sent bounces back and forth for a few months. Not um,
0: unreal. The the process, I, th- I think you, I'd, I'd read that you had said that you've got this amazing album that came out of it, and the production on that album, it sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it's
2: very, very cool.
0: So you've got this amazing project that came out of it, but you said you hope you never have to go through that process of recording again.
2: Yeah, it's just such a pain in the ass. Like, it takes so long, you know? It's, <laughs> you, you have to do everything back and forth and you're not in the room, and it's a, it's a really long process. And I think also just the time that it was in of being so isolated, it's a, that's such a hard time to make music. It felt incredibly difficult. To make that record i really struggled throughout the whole pro i would go into the studio and just say to joe like are we ever going to finish this or like what is going to happen i is this terrible do we need to throw it all out and just start completely over i would come in and just have a crisis all the time but it's just a hard time to make music when you're not really interacting with a lot of people and you know joe and i would be in the studio for like 12 hours and we wouldn't see anybody else you can't take a break and go for lunch or go have a beer at the end of the day or anything like that it was just kind of slogging it out and then going home and listening to the bounces and so it was so it was just my whole world for a while and it was really it was hard yeah
1: um well, and that's just on the technical side of things. I think you have one of the greatest quotes uh, explaining the, the content of an album in that uh, <laughs> it's about shitty shit.
2: <laughs> True that. I, I said that to Melissa, who wrote my bio, and she's like, "We really got to keep that," and uh, I'm glad that we did now. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, me too, because uh, it gives a good. I think it's a good example of you know the emotional roller coaster if you if you're paying attention to to that context. But so you're. The studio the the recording process felt long to you are you like dealing with a lot of catharsis when you're putting the final touch and recording these songs that that are, are so deeply uh contextual to your own life
2: i think i really felt the catharsis on this one actually putting it out okay the the process of making it felt really hard to be In it and i hadn't really spent a lot of time in the studio and so i was doing a lot of learning um, at that time and it definitely my perception of myself and my music was really changing constantly through making the record because i hadn't explored the music in that context before so it, it felt very hard but yeah the process of putting it out felt invasive a little bit on one hand which was funny but then really once it was all out it felt so so good
0: that's good good. that's that's great that's great it's that release i can only imagine yeah totally you know as i listened to that album like and this isn't just for, for your album specifically, but sometimes in general. Like, I almost feel guilty listening to it because it is oh. so deeply personal. But at the yeah. same time... It's about shitty shit. It's about shitty shit. Yeah. It's like, you know, peering into somebody's diary, I guess. And I'm like, well, why do I get to know this? But obviously you want people to know. And it's so it's, yeah, it's, it's this whole feeling of, you know, there's sadness to it, but also celebration to it. There's just so mm-hmm. many damn emotions.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think my favorite art, though, does feel invasive, which is something that I kind of had to settle with. A lot of my favorite music, my favorite film, my favorite art, it feels like I shouldn't be there or that I'm doing something wrong by being there yeah. and that that's good, you know, and I just kind of had to settle with that a little bit more as instead of the viewer being on the other side of it. But that that's what I love in art. So or in a lot of art. So.
1: Um, I really love that line. Do I seek justice or merely my own comfort, which I think can be applied to pretty much almost any situation um, in which you want to speak out and expose your thoughts on, on, on any, any topic really. But uh, do you think that you'll ever have the answer to that question?
2: I hope not. It's (laughs) been, um, I, I hadn't really played that song live a ton, um, I really go through it with that song. It's, it's one of the songs that doesn't feel, um, it feels like it morphs so much for me when I think about it a lot. It's the meaning of it has really changed and what I understand about it has really changed. Um, but I, I hadn't played it live really. And then on this tour, we were in Detroit um, when the Roe v. Wade um decision happened and I played that song that day and it truly is a song that keeps kind of morphing and moving the more life that kind of happens around me and I'm glad I won't know the answer.
1: It's really complex, right like yeah. the number of posts that I saw the other day following the Roe v Wade decision and I remember learning more about the whole like you know the, the, the idea of performative allyship, um, a couple of years ago, and, and using your platform to expose, like it's fantastic that people are enraged and, and sharing all these posts about how pissed off they are or who they're upset at. But yeah, at the end of the day, is it you know, are you moving past that? Or are you doing anything beyond that, or is it just you know, feeling feeling good that you you said something to yeah. a certain degree? Yeah.
0: It's and yeah. I don't know if this is the case or not, but it's to me it seems reminiscent. So my my dad was a hippie and went through. You know everything through the late '60s, and, and it just—the more and more I see all of this stuff happening, it really feels like that is happening again, where young people have a voice that they haven't had in a long mm-hmm. time, and are using the platform to speak out, which is great. Yeah. Well, and I hope we'll continues. Hopefully, it results in, <laughs> in change. effective change. Yes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It will
1: be some time before we we figure that out. Why? Why is F one? Okay. So on yes, let's go.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go a little lighter. Okay. So. Uh, you know, I take every avenue I can to dig up whatever I can for these interviews. So I just happen to be going through your Twitter, and you only follow seven accounts. And I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. These must be seven pretty important accounts. Who is it? And it's I don't, is, it's an F1. Is it an F1 fan group? Is that what it is? And and Patrick yeah. also is very much. Uh, I just an F, got, I just went F1. to Montreal last weekend. He was just weekend. in Montreal, so I thought, wow, there's so explain your love of F1
2: well you know i really uh i have to credit joe on that one who is one of the members of ginla who i made my record with yeah i got so into it over the pandemic i think i just needed something to hold on to um but now it's been two years and i am deeply infatuated um i just The goal is so pure, and I love it. It's just who finishes first and and who goes the fastest. And I, I just the, it, I love the focus, the purity of it, and you know, it's all about speed. I love going fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> it is. When you put it that way, it is pretty, uh, pretty uh, like a, just a basic concept to follow, right? You've got yeah, 20, I, I 20, 20 of the greatest. Arguably, yeah. arguably the greatest. Some of them maybe not so much.
0: Yeah. You've got 20
1: people, okay, across the entire world yeah. racing fighter jets. Like then that's another thing. Like it is, it is technology at its most advanced in any yeah. given moment, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's fucking cool.
2: Yeah, I just love it. And I have, you know, I, I have some I'm in a Discord server that. I love so much that I spent a lot of time in also over the pandemic that really brought me closer to loving it. But I just, I love getting up on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. And
1: are you like, you're going all in on like free practice sessions too. Yes. I oh am. my yeah. God. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to have yeah. to get this discord group off of you. I think
2: <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a pretty great, pretty great life. I get to live over there, but I just love it. So, so much i love listening to the drivers talk about their I, I mean also just the amount of focus that it requires to achieve kind of a single goal within a pretty short span of time you know all things considered they're not really in the car yeah for that long during the race i just i love it
0: wow so yeah much. i yeah.
1: like we went we went to montreal as my first time going to the race um yeah. And obviously, strongly recommend it. I'm assuming you haven't had that opportunity yet. No. It is such a cool vibe. The whole weekend is just, I don't know. I, I met so many people. From well, you likened it to a music world. festival. It is a little music yeah. festival ish, and that, you know, you put a few hundred bucks down on a three day event, and you can soak this in or you can soak that in. There's just plenty of opportunity to be entertained to some degree. Um, yeah. It was shocking how different it was in real life like mm. the race itself i remember halfway through the ra- race it was like lap 36 and i was like it feels like we've been sitting here for 10 minutes yeah it was wild it was very well cool. wow, the sensory
0: so much i mean again the sounds oh my god there was so much going on yeah. so much going on it was, it was i
2: mean wild. i also love the sounds the sounds really do it for yeah. me it's like yeah. a great sounding great sounding sport
1: so the netflix the netflix show really helped helps you get into it a lot or...
2: I would say more, it was just being around Joe constantly yeah. for many, many, many hours a day. The man really loves F1. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drive to Survive was great, definitely. But I, um, once I started watching the races, that really got me a lot.
0: And was know? there any other, you said, so this is over the pandemic, was there any other sport that you were into beforehand? Uh, just not nothing really. Quite?
2: Like I, not like that, really. You know, I'd watch baseball. I watched a lot of hockey this year just because the Oilers did better than they've done in a long time. So I was pretty in in that. Um, but nothing that I follow so intensely ever. Like, you, not even close.
0: Did you go to Oiler games growing up in Edmonton at all?
2: Yeah, I, w- I went a little bit when I was younger, but not a ton. I come from a hockey family for sure, but it was more my dad and my brothers. I wasn't super, super into it, but F1 just, just got me. Yeah. I also,
1: I also love uh, F1 because you can go as, you know, deep as you want into the knowledge of the sport, the information Mm -hmm. and like, it's almost never, it is never ending. Like you, like I, I was telling you the other day, like I'm now that I've been into it for a few years, starting to absorb more of the technical stuff and the actual science behind it and the regulations and the legal side. Like it's there's so much. It's so you know, it's heavy. so
0: funny as because I'm a, a big baseball. So the way you guys are with F1, it's baseball for me. And I know you kind of chastise me for that every yeah. now and then. But honestly, there's a lot of similarities there because you can go as deep as you want to go into baseball stats. Yeah. Uh, And the science of it as well. Like, I mean, learning how like a four-seam fastball is different from a two-seam fastball.
1: But how often is that stuff changing in baseball?
0: Well, it's been around. Are putting out new bats every year? As a matter of fact, yeah. So the balls are different this – so now we're really going – the balls are so (laughs) much different this year that the players noticed a a, a ball that would be hit for a home run last year. Right. They're finding those balls are stopping about three feet shorter – Than they would have last year because they have changed the. the the the, the the balls are the Pirelli tires then. Okay, all right, (laughs) Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think there's a little more common ground here than we interesting,
1: interesting. I refuse to believe it for now, but I'll (laughs) I'll listen. I'll listen to your argument. Uh, Very funny. That's awesome. Well, yes, I strongly encourage you check out a race in real life sometime because it is fucking cool.
2: I definitely it's it's on my list, and I'm really trying to go just walk a track in the fall. I'm in. Budapest, yeah, there's great. a track in Hungary, and I'm really trying to go walk the track. I've I've looked into it. I got to find some people that are down to go with me. Yeah, you got to have a group of four.
0: Oh, okay so i'm
2: trying to gather my little group of four who wants to go like stand on the podium and shit with me but that's it's on my list of things i'm trying to do when i'm out there
1: okay so this weekend are you and I again you're i'm assuming you're, you're in toronto right now or ontario yeah so you don't have it as bad as we do but like this weekend i think the race starts at 7 a.m my time might even be six are you are you watching it live are you getting up to watch it even Absolutely, in the earliest I get
2: yes, yes, yes. I get up for all of them. Australia, I stayed up to watch yeah. FP3 like obscenely late. Yeah, I that would have been like three, 3 AM your
1: time or some something yes. crazy. Yeah. And does yes. it go
0: to, like? <laughs> is there like an extensive like pre-game? As yeah, well so you can...
1: f- typically Fridays you have two practice sessions, an hour each, and that's just your opportunity to get your track on, or your car on the track for the first time this year, basically. And then on Saturdays it's FP3 free practice three which leads into the qualifying session at the end of the day and that's
0: all televised that stuff or is it if you want it to be it sure is okay oh, okay
1: and then <laughs> on Sunday is the the big race now it's all over and then they pack it up and move on to the next country or wherever they're going yep yeah
2: thrilling stuff
0: all right really I bet good. you woke up this morning <laughs> thinking I'm gonna talk about F1 on a podcast today and it's gonna
2: <laughs> I always hope but you know i nobody talks to me about f1 o- enough if i'm being honest with you i feel like i really dropped it and it, i definitely dropped a f1 reference in my album credits and what? you guys are the first ones asking me about it so oh. honestly god bless I've, I've been waiting for this moment for a while
1: all right well i'm gonna have to check out the album credits immediately. <laughs> yeah. so okay before we move on from who are you who are you cheering for this weekend
2: well, my dedication for this whole season is actually um, I, I'm for Alpine.
1: Oh, okay. I
2: yeah, that that's where I'm at. But you know, in my heart I I would really love I'm waiting for Carlos this season honestly Man. to pick it up a little bit, but it's just not happening. I would love to see Charles really pull through. I you know, I got a I got a lot of Ferrari love. I have a lot of Italians in my life and I know that Alpine's not going to win, so I, I cheer for Alpine and I love watching Alonso really skedaddle this year, yeah. doing good work out there. But uh, for the for a win, I I really am out here for Ferrari.
1: Okay, I yeah, when we were in the in the stands in Montreal for probably 20 minutes with the strong possibility that Carlos was going to win his first race, and I was like, my God, I'm going to be here for this moment because he's about to become the longest, I think, podium sitter with no race wins in like yeah. two, two races or something. It would have been huge.
0: It would have been incredible.
2: Yeah, it would but have it been a huge happen. moment. I was waiting, but it didn't happen. I was very sad.
0: I All I'm Carla. seeing right now is if there's ever like a panel, well, like I an mean, F1 Ella has to be on do. an F1 panel yeah. at this point. Like, yeah, no, yeah, the two yeah, would be yeah. going. I think that would be that'd be good for the, <laughs> the
2: sport. Yeah, call me. I'm available.
1: <laughs> yeah, get on that TSN F1 panel. I don't even know who would be on that one, but that would be. You could be a celebrity guest of sorts.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
1: Very cool. All right. Well, um, uh, yeah, you got anything
0: else? No, uh, we can't wait to see out here. Like Just to, to, Please. to hear it and see it live is uh, going to be something special. yeah. yeah. Come to come to okay. Red Deer. I'm sure you've been here
1: a few times before, right? Oh, yeah.
2: I've played Bose. I know. Have you I'm actually? There. Yeah, yeah. I, I Ask have Sister Ray? No. Okay. I don't think so. I've played as Eloquois, and I used to be in a project um, with another person, and we definitely had a great show there actually once with Sam Weber. Okay. From... He's from Victoria, but he lives in L.A. now. He just put out a record, or I guess he didn't just put it out, but he recently put out a record that I love very, very much, uh, and I played bows with him, and it was one of my favorite one of my favorite shows. I love that show.
0: Awesome. Wow, well, that's good The to room's hear. only gotten better over the last couple of years, yeah. too, so yeah, we definitely can't wait to have you back.
2: Yeah, one day soon. I can't wait.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the
1: time. Um, I know at the end of the Pitchfork review they said, in an ideal world, these songs wouldn't exist, which is <laughs> one hell of a way of putting it. But, uh, yeah, uh, Mia
2: really did a she got it good on that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely happy to have this album in my uh, playlist. Yes, right now, thank so. you for sharing.
2: Thank you guys so much. Hey. This is Jules was stoked about this. Oh, she that's great. I was gonna have a great time. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. Jules awesome, seems
1: so. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She rules. All right. Thank you so much, Ella. Perfect. We will see you soon.
2: Thank you guys. Bye. Have a great
0: day. Bye. That was great. Uh, yeah, unbelievable that the album is if, if if anybody checking out the podcast has not heard the album yet, yeah, i'm so thankful because i think you, right when like i don't know if that was on release day that you sent me crucified
1: well release day of the single of the single yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um january february maybe would been around there i don't yeah. think i think it was 22 and i think
0: i haven't gone back to look but at that time like that was the only sister ray single yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't uh, actually know where you can
1: find the previous the
0: pre- yeah the previous stuff is not it might be a band, on there yet. band camp thing yeah um
1: yeah that was uh that album is it's you know it's it's only Jul- Ju- it's july now um already so much good music that's come out this year
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> go ahead it's tough man no go ahead you can do it
1: i i think i just think that in 10 years we'll still be talking about this record yeah um but yeah, I do get I do get some joy out of listening to it, which and can't I, just be me.
0: Do, and this comes up as a theme more and more. Maybe I think I like country music a lot more than I think I do. You know what you're talking about at the very least, right? Like it's a world you you're involved definitely. in. Definitely. And 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 I 100 percent like first time hearing those vocals. I definitely it's not twang, it's not nasaliness, but there's just a quality to it where you could tell that there is yeah. some country music behind it. And I absolutely love that. Yeah, pretty remarkable artist and uh yeah, I'm
1: excited to uh, get Ella back here to Red Deer. Might have to head up to Edmonton. Purple City?
0: Purple City, I think yeah. that'd be our, and again, just, like just seeing that list of entertainers from Edmonton. Yeah, that was very cool. S- so, so much great. Such a diverse So sound, much great eh? talent. And that person you were referring to earlier about missing that show. Yeah. Also in Albertan. Yes. I mean, well, that's where we'll leave it at that. I knew I shouldn't have mentioned <laughs> the name. I knew that would have been, that was a, that was a big no-no. A party
1: foul, I think is a what party, they call it. That yeah, would have yeah. been a party foul.
0: That was a party foul for sure. <laughs> um, anyways, Peter Michaels. We're going to continue uh, cranking out uh, episodes. Big thanks to Sawback Brewing Company for their support and uh, Go Services, Inc., mm-hmm. our wonderful production team. Brian and Riley. Communal we go. Creative Studios. Do we that was set a to the
1: Totino's jingle, okay, actually. It yeah. It was. Okay. Um, yeah, so and and uh, check out Communion. Please, God, check out Sister Ray's Communion. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Communal Creative Studios, where you can watch every single episode of The Road to Stage. Not behind a paywall, especially,
0: especially when they pop out every... Wednesday. 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 Wednesday.
2: The Road the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley sur Yin at the Communal Creative Studios in Red Deer, Alberta, in partnership with Go Services, Inc., Sawback Brewing Co., Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Bar & Stage.